Okay, uh, welcome to Ruby's Own Audio. Um, it's been a minute. Um, I'm here with Clipper. Uh, Clipper, uh, what do you do and etc.? I do quite a lot of things. I am the guitarist and vocalist and lead songwriter for Red Tank. I make games uh, with polyhedra games, like RPGs, board games, and now video games. And... Um, yeah, I used to do some music journalism and stuff like that, but yeah, mostly I, I make music and games, and uh, I'm a writer, basically. Cool, yeah, uh, Red Tank is awesome. Um, when did Red Tank start, actually? I've been wondering. Oh, geez. Uh, I think 2010. Oh, okay, uh, cool. It was originally uh, my friend Manolo Lago, who now performs under Gimpart, we were both in a band together called Asterisk Asteroids. It was kind of like an acoustic folk, uh, indie rock, like folk punk-ish sort of project uh, my freshman year of college. And Red Tank was originally a side project of that. Um, we had just, you know, been asked to play like one show and I had just been working on these new like sort of like garage rock or like garage punky songs. So we just put like a few tracks together um, and shortly after that the the other project kind of like um you know stopped performing so i just started doing red tank stuff more seriously so cool yeah i didn't realize it was all the way back in 2010 because like like um because yeah the earliest band camp thing was 2013 and like in 2010 i was in i think eighth grade <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, I was listening to Skrillex, Scary Monsters, and Nice Sprites. <laughs> That's actually what got me into producing music. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up. Yeah, I think, uh, let's see. So our first ever EP was in 2011, uh, which would have been about a year after we put together. But yeah, the first full length was 2013. And yeah, I mean, there's it's one of those projects where, you know, I've just been doing it for forever, but I don't necessarily always put the same amount of effort into it especially in the early years you know it's you know busy with like college and uh school friends stuff like that but yeah i think our main strides were probably around like when, when i first started taking it a lot more seriously it was probably between like 2013 to 2015 i would say okay cool yeah i uh i listened to the newest um album right is it, it's a, it's an album dreams and mon or dreams and monsters is it called yeah um, i would say so yeah okay cool yeah because sometimes it's kind of like some people like it's like a bunch of tracks but it's still an ep you know um <laughs> yeah i mean with punk records you know it's like 30 minutes is enough 20 30 minutes enough, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah especially like um and then like hardcore punk it's like it's an album but it only lasts like 20 minutes <laughs> yeah i mean it's also just you know like classifications they only mean so much as we we're able to like communicate what they mean but yeah for sure yeah um but yeah i ordered a tape actually um because uh it looked cool to me and um i listened to the album digitally um because it gave me the download on Bandcamp for it so it was a really good album thank you yeah yeah i saw you ordered that like yesterday I... yeah 
<laughs> I will be promptly processing that. <laughs> cool. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I've uh, been on like a music buying kick lately. Um, like physical, physical media and such. Yeah, and cassettes are really fun too. I like them a lot. Yeah, they are. Um, I, I want to do cassettes again eventually, but I'm actually going to do a CD release for my next album, um, which I'm hoping to involve you in. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. I, I actually have like a small practice like studio space out here. Like we use it for the band, but sometimes I just go in there and like work on demos and stuff. Uh, like Maya actually was in there with her partner last week and we just like, you know put a little track together or something some stuff oh shit there. really that's cool yeah. yeah it's i mean it's a small room but you know we got like drums and guitars and a little mixer in there and everything so it's nice that's dope actually though like it's cool to have like a space for that like i'm still recording out of like my living room now instead of my bedroom so i guess it's a little bit of an upgrade um <laughs> Yeah, living rooms are nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's like there's a lot more reflections, you know, so um, than a bedroom. Mm, yeah, um, which can be good. Or yeah, not it, really. it depends. You know, it depends. It really depends. <laughs> where the vocal mic is placed. All that, yeah. all that jazz. Um, yeah, I basically have everything shoved into a corner. Um, so it's like a like my vocals are not the best. I think that's mostly my mic, though. I still need to upgrade my mic. I honestly, I usually just use like a 57 on like the singles and EPs and stuff. On the albums, I think it's like a, um, what is it? Like, I don't know, something else, like a SM7B or whatever. But yeah, um, I actually do need to get one of those because I finally have an audio interface after like a decade of producing music. I finally have an audio interface with a, a XLR input. So, congrats. Yeah, thank you we're really out here yeah the scarlet solo <laughs> those are good though especially if, like, if good. you only need like one input to well i guess the solo is only is it two inputs on that or is it just one yeah it's two inputs it has a it has a fourth inch input and then the um the xlr um input. okay cool yeah so it uh it works and yeah i just need to get yeah i want to get an sm57 or an sm58 one of those um the sm57 might be more versatile though because i can just put a pop filter over it um for vocals yeah. that's what i do and also 57s are like you know for microphones they're like relatively cheap they're indestructible you can mic up anything with them i love those yeah. i i i mostly use those so i was for quite a while running just um a couple of 57s into like that scarlet for like demos and stuff but then i got a new mixer that i really only use when we're like tracking drums or something or when we're at this when i'm at the little studio space because i, I leave the scarlet at home but yeah i mean that's like a classic setup right cool yeah i definitely should pick one up as soon as you know i could probably get one on a payment plan like today honestly <laughs> yeah totally and they're they're good they're like indestructible which is nice don't get the insurance plan because you won't need it yeah i don't think i yeah it's like they're, they're you know they're like the industry legend so <laughs> they're probably pretty reliable um literally everyone i talk to about recording vocals and drums and instruments like is like oh yeah the the, the sm57 <laughs> yeah you can't go wrong i mean i guess with a vocal you might need some more like 
a little more processing on the end, but it definitely like gives you a lot to work with just right out of the gate, which is nice. Yeah, I'm used to lots of processing because I'm using a, a snowball ice. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, the USB mic. Yeah, I'm sure those are fine, too. I mean, it just depends on what you're doing and what the budget is and what the project is and everything. Yeah, but. yeah, I'm trying to, like, up my game, so I'm probably going to pick one of those up. I might end up recording all of the vocals on my album if I do end up getting one before it comes out, um, <laughs> which will be a task. But <laughs> Yeah, I mean, especially if you're doing a bunch of, like, vocal processing anyway. Like, I don't know. Like, honestly, right now, I am talking to you through, like, some... $20 like gamer headset from the internet <laughs> but, like, oh really it sounds good for that people always say that it's you know so it's just whatever works you know yeah um but yeah I finally got a bass guitar again <laughs> that's what's up I, I just got a cheap bass like last year and it's like really nice just to be able to play a real bass even though it's not the best yeah yeah, for real, because it's an Ibanez, like, sound gear, so it's, like, the lower-end Ibanez, but I had one when I was a kid, and then my mom gave it to my neighbors when I moved to my dad's, <laughs> and so I haven't had a bass for, like, 15 years. Ooh, brutal. Yeah, Man, it was I'm brutal. I'm glad you got one again. Yeah, me too. It, like, really opened up things for the album for me. Like, every, like, almost every track has bass on it now, and it's fun to, like, layer different riffs and stuff, you know? Yeah, that's really cool. I know a lot of your stuff previously was more like, um, I don't know, would you say like electronic based and stuff? Yeah, yeah, it's like very like, I was like, I don't know how to describe it, like, but it's like vocally driven electronic, but I'm sort of getting like out of the box now, you know, like I have a little analog um, synthesizer, it's um, the uh, Korg uh, Voca Keys. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been using that a lot on the album and then the bass and then I've, uh, I've switched to, um, I have this huge library of drums now, um, that I've switched to. Um, cool. so like, like real, like real drum sets. Um, I don't have drums myself, obviously, but I mean, it's, it's the real thing, just recordings. And so I've been using those. And so it's a lot, like, I do a lot of still like electronic stuff, but, um, like half the tracks or more are like kind of just like soft rock now which is weird for me (laughs) yeah and i mean even if it's still primarily electronic sometimes it's cool to introduce another like more analog element like a bass guitar or whatever you know yeah yeah because some of them like i actually i have like two or three drum and bass tracks on the album but i use my actual bass for the for the sub bass and stuff um which is fun cool do you pitch it down at all or you just boost the sub i just boost the sub yeah nice um it, i add some distortion and then like i think what i've done is like um for like two of the tracks is like i've added distortion boost the sub and then filtered it so that it doesn't have so much of that like mid-range yeah gotcha cool yeah i actually i need to send you the current album i will do that today um so that you can check it out and see what you might want to do on the album um Cause yeah, I was like, oh, like I would love to have Clipper on this. Cause I'm trying to make it. Cause I'm releasing it under Ruby May Valentine mm. um, instead of Banshee. I'm like, I've abandoned Banshee, um, and so I want it to be really big first album for that for my name. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I I would really love to do something on there. Um, were you thinking like vocals, guitar? I think both would be cool. I would love to have your vocals because your voice is 
fucking incredible. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, like it's like it's like a like the way you sing is just like it's like it's like I'm listening to like a like a modern version of like Dead Kennedys or something, you know? Like oh, yeah. um yeah, it it it's just very good. Like I'm like yeah, if like if if I want to listen to like a punk record, I listen to Red Tank. <laughs> that's, that's very nice of you to say. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Also, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but I also make, like, a lot of uh, other types of music, right? Like, I guess a lot of it just ends up sitting on my hard drive, but, you know, I make, like, electronic music. Uh, I make, like, hip-hop beats. Um, you know, I make, I've make i made, like, one country song just as a practice one time. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I would love to hear that. <laughs> yeah, so, I don't know. I mean, like, and I'm a multi-instrumentalist, too. I just mostly do, like, guitar and vocals but i do a little bit of everything so yeah i'm uh trying to have my mom ship down my flute and i'm gonna try to learn flute in the next six months so i can record some flute for my album hell yeah let's fucking go yeah <laughs> um i wish i had a guitar though is the thing that's why i was like okay maybe i can get clipper on here because he has a guitar or oh, probably yeah, more than one <laughs> yeah i got a couple um Oh, do you listen to the OCs at all? No. Or uh, Hawkwind also. They're just, uh, the OCs are just, um, they're like a modern garage rock, like psychedelic kind of thing. Um, but they have like flute tracks on some of their songs. And Hawkwind are actually a pretty similar band, but they're like, their main outfit was from like the 70s. But they have like just these noisy sections or whatever, and then like this like, electrified flute comes in out of nowhere it's pretty oh cool. that's cool <laughs> yeah. and a hawkwind especially all their stuff is just like spaceships and like swords and stuff i don't know it's goofy it's cool, cool. <laughs> that stuff is awesome though like um it's like i, I love that kind of like classic like like concept rock you know mm -hmm. um that stuff is fun um, but yeah, I was aware that you make like electronic music and stuff. I've just never heard it. Um, Cause like you said, it sounds like it sits on your hard drive. You should release some of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. I put out like one beat tape a while ago and then there's a, on my personal SoundCloud, there's like a couple of other things, but I usually, you know, like red tanks, like the main project and I help friends out with like, like I'll send some friends beats to use on their records or like, you know, I've helped, like, mix and master some stuff before, but I just usually don't, you know, when you have, like, a main project, it's hard to remember to, like, plug your other stuff all the time, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I get that. I, I've always just, like, operated under one project um, for the most part. So, but, um, yeah, it definitely makes sense. It's, like, you know, prioritizing um, what is, you know, people tend to listen to from you, you know? Yeah, and that's the thing, too, is it's, like... You know, part of the other types of music that I make is sort of like a release from, uh, like, I love doing Red Tank stuff, obviously, don't get me wrong. And that's, like, usually where my focus is. But, uh, you know, sometimes you'll just mess around and, like, make a track and it doesn't necessarily have to have the pressure of being put out or, like, you know, you know, uh, like, I, you know what I mean? Like, you don't have to, like, press a cassette or a cd of it or like plan a release date or you know all that you know just uh it's nice to just be able to like make something without having like all that extra stuff on top of it you know 
so yeah that makes sense yeah i actually do that a lot i make a lot of ambient music that i don't release um i just make it to listen to like while i'm cooking and stuff um like i'll, I'll make like a 30 minute ambient track um to play <laughs> while i'm cooking and cleaning <laughs> hell yeah yeah i'm a. Uh... I made like a bunch of ambient tracks because um, I was going to I did this like 12 hour stream, but then I ended up not making enough for 12 hours of streaming. So I just didn't use them, but I, I have them now just to listen to. So it's fun. You know, one of the cool things about ambient tracks, too, is uh, you can just t make something small and then time adjust it to like nine hours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it works out. I mean, just like and if it, if it doesn't sound the greatest, just add more reverb. <laughs> Or like loop it a few times or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe like pitch ups, like cut cut out some parts and pitch them up. Add more reverb and delay. Mm. <laughs> yeah, ambient's dope like that. I've actually been um, I've been listening to a lot of Japanese ambient from this one label called Medium, and they make a lot. They make like it, the stuff they make is like. It's like uh, it's a lot more like focused ambient. Like it seems like a lot more effort is put into it, you know. Mm -hmm. Like it has like melodies and stuff. You mean? Yeah, and like um, it just has a lot more. Like it's not just like a small pattern, you know. Like mm -hmm. it has a lot more like um, like complex patterns and stuff. Um, cool. And so that's been fun to listen to. Yeah. Do you also? You might like. Uh, do you know that guy Guy Barato by any chance? uh he does like minimalist techno music sort of like ambient ish stuff but um i don't know he just he he just has a really cool sort of like style and uh it's sort of like i, I don't know i guess like minimal techno right so it's like still has like a solid amount of like percussion and it has these like cool melodies and stuff but everything's really reserved but it's like really nice uh to like put on in the background when you're doing like whatever you know oh, okay cool yeah you should link that to me because i don't know how to spell it from how you said it um and then oh, yeah. i'll check I'll, it out for sure i'll send it to you another classic ambient record is the social media soundtrack that trent Reznor did you know what i'm talking about oh no i i haven't been up with like what trent Reznor is doing in a long time for some reason Oh yeah, no. This actually came out like ten years ago. Oh, the Social Network soundtrack. That's what it is. Oh, Social Network. Okay. Yeah, I like. I mean, I've listened to like um, whichever one like um, only is on. Um, and like, I actually, I don't think I can name a, a Nine Inch Nails album off the top of my head, even though I like a lot of their songs. <laughs> <laughs> is there yeah. is there one called Pretty Hate Machine? Yeah, that's the that's the big one, I believe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to get some of their stuff on CD. I, I'm like really into like Japanese CD releases that have um, the Obi strip on them. <laughs> what is that? Uh, it's just this stupid little piece of paper that has like the album and artist name on it, and then like some promo materials and the price. Oh, okay. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's just a little collector's item, but I'm like weirdly obsessed with them. Nice. I saw um, Hideo Kojima like tweeted this. Um, what's that guy's name? The horror 
Junji Ito. He he got like this Junji Ito collection, and it had one of those like paper strips on the front. It might be what you're talking about. Yes, that that would be an Obi strip most likely because okay. I think they put them on DVDs and stuff too. Um, cool. Yeah, I'm actually gonna get one for my album because like um, like a third of the tracks so far are in Japanese. Mm, okay. Because I've been I've been learning Japanese for a year, and I was like, I want to incorporate this into my music because I figured it would help me learn more words and stuff, which it has. Um, so yeah, it's like an kind of like an international record at this point, and I'm gonna do an obi for it. Cool. I think I saw you tweeting in Japanese, or that you'd been learning Japanese a bit too. So that makes sense. Yeah, I tweet in Japanese sometimes, um, uh, usually around like uh, nighttime here because like that's when all my Japanese mutuals are like awake. Um, and so I'll switch to Japanese for the nighttime usually. The the Hideo Kojima thing though, yeah, he, he bought that like Junji Ito collection and I think it was like Uzumaki or something. Uh, but it was like, you know, it has like the girl's face, but then you when you take the uh, OB strip off, I suppose is what it's called. It has like the like a gnarly mouth or like monstrous mouth or something like that. It was oh, cool. that's cool. It might not have been Uzumaki, but some some Junji Ito collection or whatever. That's dope. Yeah, like um, it's yeah. I want to like incorporate like the artwork into the strip, um, for mine. I'm doing like a because it's gonna be like a double CD album because it's already an hour long and I have until September to release it. So, um, and like I'll obviously keep like tuning the tracks until then. But, um, I've I just I have like a really big creative burst right now. That's what's up. Yeah, but yeah, I would definitely love to have you on some tracks for it. Um, want to make the best record I can make. <laughs> yeah, that sounds tight. X Japan, um, it's like the biggest Japanese rock band. They make everything from like speed metal to like ballads and stuff. It's really cool. I got their album Blue Blood on CD at uh, Zia actually. Um, they had it at Zia, and so I picked it up. Really recommend it. It's really good. Cool. Yeah, actually, now that you mention it, this sounds familiar, but I can't say that I've ever listened to them. I'll definitely check it out though. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, their um their stuff is really good. It's like um. I can't remember when Iron Maiden first started, but it it almost sounds like it's like Japanese Iron Maiden almost sometimes, you know? Hell yeah, <laughs> that's what's up. Yeah, it's pretty dope. <laughs> what uh, what kind of games do you make? There's a lot that are like unfinished, obviously, but um, I, I'm mostly our most of our release material is like tabletop RPGs, right? So for people who aren't familiar with that that might be listening it's sort of like dungeons and dragons but um our first release was a game called justice velocity which is like a fast and furious themed like action movie tabletop rpg about like buff dudes fast cars and explosions um and we finished a kickstarter at the end of last year for nebula chaos which is like kind of like a sci-fi space opera kind of game using the same system um and then i released uh a D module that my brother made that's about like a fantasy it, it's a 5e module but it's for like about a fantasy band that's like on a tour um just like pretty funny 
and I did a did an adventure module for this indie game called the uh, Merc Bordy, which is like this like really popular dark fantasy game. We did a game called The Played Crypt of Helvet talking a lot right now but yeah just a lot of stuff and then i'm i'm working on um i've been learning unity over like the last six months or so so i've been like putting together some video games to release under polyhedra games which is cool too oh that's dope yeah so that's been a lot of fun i'll have to send you what i've been working on too um but a lot of it hasn't really been announced just yet um, yeah yeah i would love to check it out um yeah i should pick up um that new game that you uh, the new tabletop game i've been trying to find a group to play justice velocity with me i just haven't had any luck yet because um i've been dming um a 5e campaign for like um like three years now um, oh wow yeah cool. <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but i would love to play justice velocity like i said i just haven't found a group for it but maybe i could try to talk my current group into checking it out because i have a copy the hardcover copy yeah i mean it's you know it just depends sometimes it's hard to convert people who are really stuck on 5e and only want to play 5e. yeah (laughs) you know um i've gotten them to like kind of like we're gonna check out on the ground itself have you heard of that mm -mm. um so it's a tabletop game where like basically it's like you take turns like building the story and like history of this world over like uh like thousands of years oh that sounds yeah cool. yeah i um so i'm hoping to play that with them sometime soon so i'm i'm trying to open our group up to more like you know different games and stuff because like the the 5e campaign is really fun but it'd be nice to like you know check out some other territory here and there yeah for sure and like i'm in a 5e game too um i think everyone who's played D for long enough has stuff they like or don't like about it you know uh but yeah i also you know there's like a, a ton of other indie games and stuff and a lot of them do very different things and very cool things so yeah um, exactly that's why i want to check more out because it's just like there's just such like a vast like expanse of different types of tabletop games and i would like to experience more of them <laughs> yeah i don't know what it is i guess some people uh especially when you're like looking for new players right like it's easy to sell someone on D because it's the big name that they know you know but yeah. then everything else is sort of like you, it's hard to like engage in something if if you don't know what you're in for right or don't have an idea but yeah it's just like kind of weird it's like um because it's like with video games it's like people are really willing to try out new things but like for some reason with like tabletop games it's like a totally different scenario yeah, well, I think an- another part of it, too, is, like, you know, D&D, you're talking about, like, 900 pages spread across three books or whatever. And like, yeah. <laughs> a lot of tabletop RPGs are, like, 50, uh, indie tabletop RPGs are, like, 50 to 100 pages and, like, less complex rules. There are some that are more complex or comparable, but I don't know. I think it's maybe people feel that if they have learned a system they feel comfortable playing it they might not want to like branch out or whatever but i don't know it you know just one of those things yeah like for me my 5e campaign that i'm dming it's like pretty rules light like it's a sci-fi setting at this point which is already pretty far outside of what D is known for um and so because like basically what we did like after two years 
um and like we ended the campaign like the story and then we went a hundred years in the future um and so yeah it's like sci-fi now so it's like i'm making up a lot of homebrew stuff for it so it's like it's like barely even D D anymore like it uses the same stats blocks and dice rolls but it's just like all new stuff you know so it's like it's like different rpgs for me it's it's um it's like actually using the rules for once you know <laughs> yeah for sure i mean well that's the thing too is like i think since tabletop rpgs are like so adaptable like the core mechanic right of D D is like roll a d20 and add you know your ability score right and that's like pretty much the same across a lot of other uh at least like traditional style rpgs when you're talking about playing like narrative style things it's kind of a different core mechanic but you know there's there's a lot you can do with that and um i think what's appealing about DD to people or like 5e systems in general is just that it's stuff that they know and they already know how to like hack and mod it or whatever you know so if you feel like comfortable in that system and that works for you that's also great um a lot of indie rpgs just have their own sort of like iterations of that system and ways of like uh hacking or resolving stuff like that so yeah yeah because i actually made a ttrpg but it's like again very simple there's like three classes and it's very like role play based so it's like pretty much whatever you want to do with it um and uh yeah but so it's like it's like the stuff like the ground itself is like cool to me because it's like it's very outside of like the traditional rpg system for tabletop games that's what's up is it is it like a powered by the apocalypse thing by any chance um i don't think so but i'm not sure i've heard of powered by the apocalypse but i, I i'm not exactly sure yeah the apocalypse engine is just like uh more for like narrative storytelling um it just uses like six-sided dice but it's not uh i don't know it just works a little differently it's it's not so much about i don't want to like speak too much about it because maybe i don't know the, the most about it and i haven't actually played <laughs> that many of it but i just know a lot of indie rpgs use it and it's more for like um narrative games uh than like what they call like simulation games so. yeah i think the ground itself uses playing cards too That's if tight. i remember correctly yeah I, I i made a playing card um dungeon crawler it was inspired have you heard of torchlight oh i have heard of torchlight is that like a roguelike or something yeah yeah so i i got inspired by that and made my own sort of it's like a like semi-comedic roguelike nice. um yeah and uh so i had a lot of fun making that it was for a game jam um that i made it that's so, cool yeah i want to make like another rpg sometime but it's a lot of work <laughs> yeah it can be um we actually uh have for polyhedra games we have like our engine is open source we don't have like a core document released yet but basically like if anyone wanted to make like an adventure or an adaptation of like justice velocity for instance we have like licensing on our website where you can like build an adventure for it or build a different system and like uh put it out on your own either for sale or not or for non-commercial use or whatever so like oh i might check that out 
Yeah, you should. I can send you some of the existing stuff too that might not be released yet. But basically, like the justice velocity system, we use that same. We use the same core system in Nebula Chaos, which is the sci-fi game, and we also use it in an urban fantasy game, which has not been released yet, called Death City, and in like this Viking RPG system that has also not been released yet, called Viking Sagas. But it's just sort of like a, you know, it's a system that I've been running and working in for like over a decade, so <laughs> it, you know, it feels like my, it feels like a very uh, second nature system to me um that's cool yeah i think i would love to make like a module or something for that if you have that license there so um that sounds that sounds cool i'll definitely uh, send me some stuff i'll check it out cool yeah um yeah also i've been working on play testing a few games that i've been sitting on for a while like uh there's one called plastic soldier combat which is like a miniatures game that uses like uh cheap plastic army guys oh cool um and then this board game that i've been working on for a couple years called super kaiju clash which is like it's kind of like a monopoly or like mario party like party game where you have like up to six players just like rolling dice but you're all like big nasty monsters like crushing buildings and stuff like that Cool. Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah. And then the other one is actually probably one that I've been working on for the longest, but it's called Super Mech Battles, and it's basically a deck building, like, mecha card game, which is cool. Um, cool. I hope those come out um, before too long. Those sound fun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think my creative workflow is that I just work on a lot of things and then also introduce new things to work on. Um, which is fine because I really only end up working on stuff if I like want to or if inspiration strikes or if it just like has gone on for too long and I need to do something with it. Um, but it's kind of like a, a hack of like making sure that you're always like working on stuff that you uh, are interested in or whatever, you know, at least for me personally, it might be different for other people, but. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I'm always working on, like, a million projects, and I just kind of bounce between them. Um, I've been uh, really into cross-stitching lately. Mm -hmm. um, I'm actually doing... Um, so I, I did uh, I did that maxi single from the album. I released it, like, a few days ago. And um, it's, like, one of my Japanese tracks off the album. Um, it's, like, a, I guess, like, the English translation would be, like, Dark Skies. Um but there, I found this cross stitch from like the 1800s on like it was like a public domain image of it um, on a museum's website, and so I used that for the album and um, there for the cover art for the e for the single. It's a maxi single, yeah. It has like a remix on it and an instrumental. Um, but what I'm doing now, I have like a placeholder album art right now that I've been sharing. But what I'm gonna do for the full album is I'm recreating part of the cross stitch and then adding my own border to it. It's like a rooster in the middle. That's so sick um yeah and so it's it's a really big cross stitch um so i have like i have like a 15 15 inch by 15 inch square that i'm cross stitching basically <laughs> um and uh yeah it's gonna take me a long time to finish um and i still have to come up with a border design because i'm doing a different border basically like i want it to be my own thing you know um 
and I'm going to like cross stitch the album title into it and whatnot. And then I'm going to use that for like all the materials inside. So I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, there was like a, that kind of reminds me, it's probably a little bit different, but there's like a Tiger's Jaw record that is just like a stitched cover, like a little rose on it or something like that. That's cool. Um, yeah, it's pretty tight. Uh, honestly, not their best record. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but it, it looks cool. <laughs> so, well, they, you know, personally, uh, what's his name? I think it's Adam McElway. Yeah, he's he's in this his he has his own project now called Wicca Phase Springs Eternal. But he wrote the majority of like their first few records, but then after he left, their songs are like completely different, right? So Oh, uh, okay, makes sense. Yeah, one person leaving a band can really change a lot sometimes. Yeah, especially if they write the majority of the material. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, his solo stuff is kind of cool too. Cool. Yeah, I'll definitely I'll copy all this stuff in the chat down. And uh, yeah, I didn't know you had a SoundCloud. I'll definitely check that out. Yeah, I mean, that's just like, I don't even think I've updated it in quite a while, but it just has some of those like electronic tracks and other random things on there. Throughout cool, the yeah, I definitely will check them out. Because yeah, like I remember, like I think I, think I heard something electronic of yours like a long time ago, like years ago. And um, I was like, oh, yeah, this is cool. And so that I hadn't heard anything since. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I said, most of them just like sit on my hard drive because they don't really have a, you know, it's like that whole thing of like having a like package and release and plan for stuff that yeah. can get in the way. That being said, I do have like a few random electronic loops that have found new life in like uh these video games that i've been working on because i'm like oh i need menu music oh i have a bunch of electronic tracks i can just use here you know stuff like that so cool yeah that's really dope yeah definitely send me some video game stuff later i'd love to look at it yeah i've been uh learning i want to get into that too um but i've mostly been learning web development right now and then i'm going to be going to college in may for computer engineering nice that's cool yeah are you going to u of a for that um i'm going to pima first and then i'm going to u of a yeah i'm gonna get okay. my cool. my prerequisites out of the way and then i'm gonna go to u of a nice because it's cheaper <laughs> yeah that's the way to do it for sure yeah um but yeah i'm because i guess i'll be with like computer engineering i'll be learning some electrical engineering so like i want to learn enough to make like my own analog synthesizers basically Mm-hmm. that's um, cool yeah because i'm very interested in that <laughs> didn't i see was it you that i saw tweeting about uh like building a plug-in or something like that uh no i don't think so that sounds okay. cool though yeah i i guess it was probably someone else but yeah i just saw someone tweeting about like making a plug-in or something and it was like pretty tight and like unity is all um c sharp which is like for me it was like kind of a steep learning curve because i only had like a little bit of coding knowledge from like other stuff in the past but i feel like i finally got over a hill on it to where i can like do things without struggling too much which is nice like i just uh i like literally before i jumped on the call with you i'm working on um i guess you would call it like a wave shooter 
You know what that is? Like, no, you know, I waves don't of enemies spawning, and you like, oh, you know, okay. shoot them, and you get you get like bomb pickups and like, uh, pick up health packs running around and stuff. Um, but I I had to code like uh, an invulnerability shield in between waves, so that uh, enemies don't spawn on top of you and like kill you and you get all like pissed all of a sudden yeah <laughs> but i just uh was able to like implement that invulnerability shield and it took me like half an hour maybe which is like a lot less time than it probably would have taken me like a few months ago so it was nice and just like you know the satisfaction of figuring something out like that is yeah for sure yeah like it's been really like satisfying for me like learning more website stuff because i mean i built my own website from scratch and uh, it looked terrible when it first started, but now I'm like really liking how it looks, you know? Yeah, I was gonna say, I actually pulled up your website while we were talking and it looks really cool. Thanks. Uh, I'm gonna go back to it. Did you pull it up on desktop? I did, I saw the little secret code. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cause I like, I developed from like a mobile first perspective cause I really like um, mobile websites and like using the web on my phone. Mm -hmm and um so i made it really responsive for phones and so i was like well i have all this empty space on <laughs> the desktop version so i'm just gonna add random shit <laughs> that's what's up yeah i'm working on a new blog post right now it's uh i've just been busy like learning japanese and working on my album that i haven't really been writing for my blog yeah that makes sense i always feel like I actually owe someone a blog post today, now that I think about it. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Do you know Amador from, um, they were in Captain Samurai. That was like their main project a while ago. Uh, no, I don't. Um, well, they have like a, they, they have like a solo thing now that's more, um, like, I don't know how to describe it. They call it, uh, Lincoln Park for Millennials. <laughs> it's it's kind of like this interesting mix of like kind of like melodic pop music but with like lots of break beats and there's some like noisy elements i guess it, it would be easy to call it like hyper pop almost mm. but it's, oh, okay. it's like not but i don't know it's cool um and yeah they sent me a single and their album in advance and i, I need to write that up for the blog and it's it's just easy to neglect a blog you know yeah yeah it is <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'll definitely send you my um actually i could probably just do that right now i'll send you my album as it is and then you can check it out and see what you might want to contribute um cool, i yeah. have uh i have one drive now so i've been using that for sharing it but yeah it's like <laughs> it's like over a gigabyte now <laughs> of of wave files which i guess isn't too crazy but it's like i think it's like 14 tracks damn yeah <laughs> and it's gonna be a lot more <laughs> um yeah it's like over an hour long already um so definitely gonna pass that 80 minutes i think um that a cd can do cool and would I be adding stuff to the existing tracks, or would they be like something new? Um, I think I think something new, like our like our own tracks together. Um, just yeah. Or if there is anything, you're you'd be like, hey, I would love to add to this. That would uh, be cool too. 
tight. But yeah, like uh, I would love to yeah have some like just like tracks where it's just like uh, our own thing. And then, but yeah, if you want to contribute anything or if you, you have any ideas for other tracks on the album, that would be cool too. Okay, tight. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm very into the idea of working on new stuff. Um, and I wouldn't want to upset the uh, delicate mixing balance of existing material unless it like Makes absolutely sense. calls for it. But. Yeah, <laughs> makes sense. Yeah, there's a few track um in that in that zip file I sent you. There's a few tracks I need to alter some of the mixing on. Like I need to boost the drums on the uh, it's a uh, Doraibu uh, drive. Um, I need to boost the bass on the kick drum um, for that because it's kind of lost in the mix right now. But other than that, I think it's like pretty solid. Cool. Yeah, I'm excited to check it out. Yeah, thank you. That's nice to hear. <laughs> Damn. Uh, Kelly and I watched Hellraiser last night for the first time. Have you seen that movie? I haven't yeah. seen Hellraiser, but I know it's like a big, big pop sensation. It's pretty wild. I don't I don't even think I really knew what to expect. But we watched the original one, which was cool, um, and has all these like really bizarre practical effects. Um but then we watched half of the new one. We're supposed to watch the other half later. But they were both pretty good, honestly. Um, I don't know. It's just really bizarre, like, supernatural horror, I guess. I don't know. It was really cool. Yeah, I definitely want to watch them sometime. I should pick it up on DVD. Um, that's kind of how I watch movies now. Um, I, like, I get the DVD, I rip them, add them to my media server, and then I stream them from my media server. <laughs> nice yeah um yeah i have like a raspberry pi 4 um that i run my media server on and and it's pretty nice i can you know watch it anywhere basically that i have a data connection or wi-fi that's really nice because i was thinking about like just adding uh videos to google drive to cast to like google chrome or something like that but then it's like they don't have the subtitles yeah so it's like i don't know a whole thing but... yeah have you heard of plex no i've not oh yeah so there's plex so there's i think it's called so there's plex which is what i use so basically what you do is that you um you run the server on a computer like a raspberry pi or something or just like an actual server um blade or, um whatever you want to do like i mean you can get a pretty nice server blade for pretty cheap like a like 100 to 200 dollars which is pretty nice for a computer that's beefy most of them have like 64 gigabytes of ram so <laughs> um and uh but or raspberry pi 4 i think is like 80 bucks um for like the 8 gigabyte model i have the 2 gigabyte model and it works fine for my media server but i am going to upgrade it before too long and um but yeah, so basically what you do is you install the software and then you um, you load up your media, like movies, music and stuff, um, and uh, you just give the server access to those folders and then you can stream it anywhere. I pay for their like um, pro plan, which is only five bucks a month. Um, it basically lets me use this uh, app that they have called Plex Amp, which is like for listening to just your music. Um, and I use it like every day, <laughs> so it's definitely worth it. That's what's up. Yeah, I, uh, I got the got, got got your Red Tank um, albums on there. Um, I 
I, I ripped the CD actually. That's what got me started. I started adding your um uh, your music to Music Brains, um, because I ripped uh, Biofeedback, and um, it uh, it it didn't show up like when I like clicked on um like the metadata stuff um in Exact Audio Copy. I don't know if you heard of that software. And so it didn't pop up on there. So I started, I was like, okay, I'm going to start adding red tank releases to music brains. It's like the largest, like, um, like, uh, deposit repository for like music information, basically. That's what's up. Yeah. I usually try to add the metadata, but sometimes it doesn't go everywhere. It's supposed to, um, like I know on last FM, uh, I have to like manually upload some stuff there to make sure that it shows up um and i do that for like some of my friends stuff too just so it makes it to other people's things or whatever you know yeah yeah like um pretty much like every like uh metadata service uses music brains um like 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 uh like if you load it up in like you know anything internet connected that um will like load track information like music brains is the is the place to go for sure so i've been i've been adding your releases i think i've added like two so far sick um, i appreciate yeah. that <laughs> yeah no i'm gonna add more because i have the time for it so um anything on the band camp i'm gonna add but yeah no I, I so yeah i've been listening to that album on my media server um I feel kind of bad though because I didn't realize that you still had them for sale on Bandcamp, and um, so I bought Biofeedback at Zia. Oh yeah, I don't care. I mean, oh, okay, <laughs> like just however people get it is cool. You know? Okay, cool. But yeah, so I went ahead and bought that tape too. I was like, okay, this 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 works. <laughs> yeah, we're actually doing a a tour next month at the end of the month, which will be fun. Oh yeah, it's around the East Coast, right? Yeah, um, we're playing like this small outdoor festival called Stoop Fest in Lansing, Michigan. So we just built a few dates, like going out there and coming back. Um, and we're actually playing in Yuma in May. Um, oh, really? Yeah, I don't. Well, it's not officially announced yet. I think it's. I guess it will be at, at the time of this podcast, but. Uh, yeah <laughs> it's supposed to be announced sometime this week like um it's like uh that festival with like ajj and mega ran and stuff like that um and i think we're actually going to be playing a show in phoenix as well is it outdoors uh i don't know i don't think so actually okay yeah i would love to go i'm just very like um i've already had covid once and so i'm trying not to get it again and so oh yeah for sure yeah yeah so like i tend to not to go to things but i guess if i wear my mask it'll be okay like i always wear my mask out in public you know um Mm -hmm. but yeah having covid was very very terrible (laughs) and like i I was masking still like and i still do but i've I've masked the entire pandemic but i still got covid somehow (laughs) yeah it's the worst kelly and i actually got it um like right after like at the tail end of omicron like we had we visited some family and we made it through with no problems and then in like uh at the end of like february or something we finally got it which is horrible because like after like years of avoiding it you know but um but yeah it was a little while ago yeah we um yeah i got it last year in february actually too um 
yeah it was it was really horrible i like i missed i missed a bunch of work and like it's actually what made me quit my job because my boss kept asking me every day when i was gonna come in and never once asked me how i was doing and that just really fucking set me over the edge (laughs) yeah i could see that yeah (laughs) i actually just quit my job recently too what were you doing before uh maybe uh maybe we shouldn't talk about it on the podcast but yeah i can can tell you later it's just uh, (laughs) it's not like anything salacious it's just like you know just for uh reasons yeah no that's understandable yeah we can talk about it after i stop recording (laughs) (laughs) um well anyway um how's uh how's being fun employed (laughs) uh it's pretty tight for the most part i mean like I've I've had a lot more um opportunities to work on like the games and stuff, which has been nice. Um I have to like form an LLC and everything and um I uh, I've been applying to like other jobs too. <clears throat> Just sort of like more like editorial um content management, like writing jobs and stuff like that as well. So Oh, that's cool. Doing some freelance stuff too as well, so yeah, because I remember reading some of your articles like a quite a few years ago now. Um, I forget what the publication was called though. Um, uh, probably for Arena, but I also wrote for a lot of um, like music outlets at the time. I feel like it started with a D or something. Did you need Eve? Yeah. Yes. Yes. That one. Yes. Oh yeah. So that was. Uh... I started that with a few friends like a while back um, and that was more about like, uh, you know, digital arts and culture and politics and stuff like that. Um, that project has honestly kind of been on ice for a while. We had some okay. issues with like uh, just like WordPress plugins getting destroying everything. <laughs> but. Uh. <laughs> but yeah most of most of that site is still up um and we still may publish on there again uh i i really like that project but yeah it just hasn't been updated in quite a while um but yeah a lot of my music journalism was in arena i have my personal music blog now called ghosts and flowers i will check that out um i was writing for lander la record and entertainment voice a while ago but um yeah, I don't know. Music journalism is a lot of fun, but uh you know, not necessarily like super monetarily sustainable, which kind of sucks. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of like writing in general. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah. Like um I've written a few pieces and it's like the most I've ever gotten for writing an article is like 70 bucks. So <laughs> um yeah, it's not it's not the best. <laughs> yeah fun at least but not the best (laughs) for money well uh cool i mean we've been recording for like an hour now so i think we can probably wrap it up um unless there's anything else you want to mention uh yeah i'm cool with that uh i guess just yeah with red tank we have the tour next month uh playing in yuma and phoenix in may uh we're working on some new material but nothing hasn't been recorded yet so i don't know when that's going to come out and then the game stuff if people want to check it out at polyhedragames.com uh there's plenty on there so cool and yeah i'll put i'll put all your links just send me all the links for stuff you want to plug and i will put them in the show notes um when i release this 
Awesome. Yeah, sounds sick. Well, thank you for being on my podcast, Clipper. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. This was great. Ruby's on the body.